there everyone and welcome to part two of our series on the bank failures. So in this episode we're going to be discussing the links between the current banking crisis and the 2008 fin financial crisis. Hey, so the financial crisis of 2008 was really triggered by a collapse in the US housing market. Yeah, so it all started off um, when there was low interest rates. So then, because investors' returns were low, the investors were willing to take bigger risks with larger returns because they weren't happy with the returns they were getting, um, which led to lots of financial innovation because um, banks were trying to invest in new financial assets, which is where the subprime mortgages come in. So they packaged these subprime mortgages into CDOs, which are collateralized debt obligations, which is basically where they pack up all these mortgages into these sort of boxes and they removed the credit checks and they were all um, given AAA ratings when they were not that high at all. Um, and then due to obviously there being no credit checks, this meant that people started buying more houses um, just as like having them as assets, even though they like weren't able to pay for them. And this was due to herd behavior. Yeah, because there was an asset bubble um, in the housing, housing market forming. Basically, um, people thought the house prices would just continue to go up and up. So people started buying more houses that obviously pushed the demand up. So prices rise further and people were kind of just copying each other. And then this meant that basically the people became like investors, not house, owner, house owners. And um, this was a result of asymmetric information. So buyers didn't have enough information they didn't understand. Yeah, so in the in the mortgage market, um, they were very complicated and people essentially just didn't understand the contracts they were entering into. So they were promised that they'd have fixed rates, or but they wouldn't really understand that it would only be fixed for a certain amount of time and then it could increase after that. Then inevitably the housing bubble popped and um, people were all defaulting on their mortgages as house prices fell, CDOs became worthless and all these massive risks that investors take and just completely collapsed. Yes, yeah, so they had to sell them off at a loss, which meant they, you know, it basically just collapsed as a run on the banks. People wanted to withdraw all their money, which led to the bank sector collapsing, which essentially, yeah, financial crisis. Yeah. And due to, in 2008, there was a lot of global connectivity throughout the world. So, when something happened in the US, it really had a domino effect on many other countries around the world, hence why it was spread throughout the world rather than only being situated within the, within the US. Yeah, because yeah. other countries had bought into the US housing market, so when it collapsed, it kind of had effects everywhere. In the UK, the first bank that collapsed was Northern Rock, and they were also yeah subject to the credit crunch with people withdrawing money because, again, consumer confidence fell because if something's happened in America then like it could happen to the UK very easily too and we can see that now too with the spread of the um, collapses of banks with Credit Suisse and SVB like we talked about in our last episode. Yeah and it's also links to our last episode with the idea of moral hazard and these banks like Northern Rock knew that they were too big to fail basically they're too big to collapse and the government would always bail them out so they were taking risks larger than they would have. Market failure is definitely, I think, the the main reason behind mm -hmm. the collapse. Yeah, I think a question that's 
floating around the moment is whether we're in for a repeat of the global financial crisis of 2008 with the recent collapse that we discussed in our last episode. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, so basically following the 2008 crisis, a bunch of new regulations were put onto banks to try and prevent something from happening again. So hopefully um, we shouldn't see the same thing happen again, but that obviously depends Mm -hmm. on the success of these regulations and how effective they've been. Yes, these regulations include stuff like um, the need for increased liquidity in banks. They also go through severe stress tests, um, which essentially ensure that if there was an issue within the banking sector, it's not going to spread and um, banks won't be forced to shut. And with the increased liquidity, it means that if people do want to withdraw deposits, the money is available, so the yeah. bank shouldn't collapse. Yeah, and that, was, um, that came about as a result of the Financial Services Act in 2012, but obviously now that we see so many kind of a similar repeat happening to the beginning, of the financial crisis, it can be expected that governments will again try and tighten um, guidelines and yeah stuff like that. So because yeah, I think it's too early to say whether we'll have a repeat, but I think yeah. um, it, it's a lot more secure. The banking sector, I think, the systematic risk has been reduced, and whilst it has has been spreading from the US to Europe with the bank bank collapses. Um, there should be enough regulations in, in place to prevent a full-scale crisis. Especially in a country like the UK, where, where our central bank is so strong, I think, now we kind of... But at the same time, with inflation being so high and monetary policy and interest rates from the bank um, implementing them, the monetary policy committee, there is that question of... Is that going to cause issues because many banks are used to having low interest rates? And like we saw with SVB, as soon as the signature, uh, the interest rates were lowered, it caused them to have issues. And perhaps this- as soon as interest rates are increased, it saw them to cause issues as they had to withdraw loads of money. And then they had losses from that. Mm-hmm. And with consumer confidence so low at the moment, I think that um, there's an increased risk that comes with that with people wanting to withdraw money. So the impacts of the financial crisis kind of on individuals within the UK and the US, kind of the main one was people losing their houses, losing their employment throughout many different sectors within the economy, particularly in industries like finance and also construction, because of course having the issue with the housing market years before. Yeah, and I suppose because we're already um, not in a great place with the cost of living crisis. Um, unemployment rising would be incredibly worrying to certain people because if they're already struggling to get by with energy bills and things, then you know, this is, uh, the threat of another financial crisis is going to be quite worrying to them. Yeah. And that would just mean that recent government policy would kind of go to waste and it would lead to a big budget deficit as well in the government. They're spending so much money right now encouraging people to go back to work but if there is another financial crisis like before just going to reverse what they've done which can also have a bad impact on the government debt yeah and also um, the impact on firms was huge and the stock market began to plummet and major businesses worldwide began to fail so we lost millions as a result of the financial crisis so i think it's quite interesting to see what's going to happen in the future with the current issues of have been brought to light in the financial sector and the banking sector and whether this will lead to similar 
similar situation as 2008. Um, we hope not, obviously, as you said. <laughs> We're great on uh, individuals, firms, the government, and I think enough regulations should be in place to avoid such disasters. We hope you enjoyed this two-part series. Thank you for listening.